1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That is the love chapter. Say love. love. Oh my. We got some revelation to pour out. Who's we? The Holy Ghost in me. Amen. 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to go through the whole chapter here. Here we go. Though I speak with the tongues or languages, that's all tongues means, of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It it is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity or sin, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part... But when that which is perfect has come, or mature, has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then... I shall, know, I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Today I want to talk about a topic that has been so twisted and perverted and watered down by the world and by backslidden Christians. I want to, I want to clarify all the misconceptions or a good amount of them, about this extremely important topic in the Word of God. I want to talk about, as you can guess, the topic of love. Say love. Love. The title of my message is this, the God kind of love. The God kind of love. Now, uh, to start this message off on a strong foundation, we need to know that there are eight Greek words that are translated love. Did you know that? There's eight, say eight, eight, Greek words that are translated love. Now, listen to this. The definition of the English word love, the English word love now, there's only one. An intense feeling of deep affection. An intense feeling of deep affection. Now, this English definition is so shallow and has led many Christians not to get a proper or fuller perspective on the topic of love. Here's why. Are you ready? Because when you read this English definition, it leaves you with the thought that it is only an emotion, only a feeling, and that is false. Right? Let's face it. When you think of the word love, you think it's a feeling, right? Thanks to our one and only... Definition in English, right? It makes the person think this, that you must only have good feelings or good um, emotions toward everyone or everything or it's not love. Are you following what I'm saying here? This definition in the English makes you think that you have to have a warm, fuzzy feeling toward everyone and everything. And that is false. That's totally wrong. That is how the seeker-sensitive movement in the body of Christ formed. It's a perversion of the word love. Now, so the English definition of that, it cheapens it and it reduces it from what the Greek words reveal. Now, what's interesting, I watched a testimony of an individual recently who actually died on an operating table. 
Okay, this person went to heaven, saw Jesus, and Jesus asked this person a question. Are you ready for this? Have you learned to love down there? (laughs) Think about that. Have you learned to love down there? (laughs) Here we go. Let's talk about these eight definitions here to get a good foundation. Are you ready? The first word... That's translated love in the Greek is eros. And it means this, a romantic and passionate kind of love. This is the kind of love that husbands and wives should have toward each other as well as the others. Oh, it's getting real quiet in here. Y'all don't like me after that one. Okay. I'm carrying on anyways. Listen, the next Greek word that's translated love is philia. Philia. It means an affectionate kind of love. The next Greek word translated love is storge. It means this, a familiar kind of love. The next Greek word translated love is mania. Mania. It means an obsessive kind of love. The next word that is translated love is ludus. And it means this, a playful kind of love. All right? The next word that's translate Greek word that's translated love is pragma. It means an enduring kind of love. All right? And the next word, don't fall asleep on me in here. Come on, somebody. The next word that's translated love is uh, philotia. Philotia. It means a self kind of love. All right? Here we go. This is the one I'm focusing on today. The last word that's Greek word that's translated love is this agape. Say agape. Agape. And it means this. Thus, it's a selfless, goodwill kind of love. It's the God kind of love. Say agape. Now, here is the key to unlocking, unlocking revelation on this topic and exposing the lies and the confusion from the enemy that many have brought into local churches and the body of Christ as a whole. You need to find what Greek word is used in verses that talk about love. See, this is why it's important to study. Study the word. Not just read it. Study it. Amen? Go back to the Hebrew. Go back to the Greek and study. Because as you can see, the word love is really a rich thing in the Greek language, isn't it? But you can see there's only one definition in English. Yeah. And it, again, the English definition gives you that, that feel that you've got to have this warm, fuzzy feeling for everything and everybody. And that's wrong. Amen? So, so you know, here we need to go back and look at what word is used. Because some actually believe that love is accepting sin and other abominations that the Word of God talks about. Are you following me? All right? That's why we need to know. So, I want to bring up some verses and talk about love and reveal what Greek word is being used in some of the more popular uh, verses in the Word of God that talk about love. So we can rightfully divide this thing, right? How many of you know the enemy is trying everything he can do to deceive the body of Christ? He's trying to lead us astray. We need to know, right? Is it true? Do you really have to accept homosexuality? Do you really have to accept this transgender? Do you have to accept it? Do you have to have a warm, fuzzy feeling for everything, for everybody? No, you don't. But here we go. Are you ready? So, what Greek word is being used in 1 Corinthians 13? The love chapter. You guessed it. The word agape. All right? Agape love, remember, it means a selfless, goodwill kind of love. It's the God kind of love. Now go with me to 1 Corinthians uh, 1 through 3, uh, 13, 1 through 3 here. Just 1 through 3 I want to take a look at. And I'll point something out. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and have all knowledge... And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to underline it, feed the poor. 
And though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So here's the thing that just really stood out at me here. You can do all these good things, even sell all that you have and give it to the poor, feed the poor, and you can still not walk in love. That's interesting because someone says, whoa, if someone does that, they're really walking in love. That's not the case, is it? Because that just been exposed here in the word of God. That tells us then that love does not just have to do with actions, but here's what the Holy Ghost said. It has to do with your attitude and motive for doing it. Our attitude and motive must be pure and it must be right to really count. Immediately when I read this, the Holy, or when I wrote this, the Holy Spirit brought up Isaiah 119 immediately to me. It says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. You see, willing has to do with your, your attitude. Obedience has to do with your actions. You've got to have both. Now take it a step further. So true love, true agape love then has to do with our motives. It's the, why are you doing this? Have you ever had someone do something nice to you, but their motives were twisted? They were trying to control you. Are you following me? Oh, come on now. Anybody breathing? So, so someone can feed the poor and do charity work just to look good and to be seen by others. Churches and, and Christians, you can do charitable stuff. Uh, not because they truly love and care for the well-being of others, but just to look good to the community. God is telling us that doing these things with the wrong attitude and motive, listen, will prove to be unprofitable for you personally and unprofitable for the kingdom of God at large. 1 Corinthians 3 said, it tells us it will profit us, you, nothing. That's on a personal level. Did you see that? So obviously, your motive for doing something can make you profitable or unprofitable, personally. So we must never forget that we ultimately represent the kingdom of God on this earth. Not our church, not our ministry. The question is, do you truly love people or do you love getting attention? Come on, somebody. I, I, I'm staggered by that because you, you could go do all these things and people say, wow, they really walk in love. Not necessarily. You can do all those things and it will not be profitable to you if your motive is twisted. Look at 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 real quick. It says, love or agape love, suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It's not prideful. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek, there it is, its own. But the welfare of others. Is not provoked, thanks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity or sin, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. So I want you to notice what the description, that's a description, that's a definition right there of what agape love is. The God kind of love, all right? It's totally independent and separate from the flesh. Listen to me. It's a selfless, it is selfless. All of these characteristics of agape love are totally, here's what you got to understand about agape love. Are you ready for this? They are totally independent of how you feel. It's saying this, if you're going to walk in agape love, it don't matter how you feel, you better act like that toward people, whether you feel like it or not. That's why the Bible says you are to love your enemies. Are you following me? Do you really feel, does your flesh really feel like walking in love with someone who's trashed in you? It says, that's the definition of agape love right there. You walk in it whether you feel like it or not. 
Agape love crucifies the flesh and can only be manifested when walking in the spirit or maintaining a spiritual mindset. So a fleshly, worldly mindset does not want to follow the description of agape, selfless love toward others. The flesh and the world, have you figured this out? The flesh and the world is all about self. It's all about me. Selfies. Come on. Hello. It's all about me. It's got to be me. See, so the world cannot truly, the child of the devil cannot truly walk in agape. Because it's totally independent from pride. Are you following me? The flesh, again, the flesh wants it to be all about us. If it doesn't benefit me somehow, the flesh doesn't want any part of it. And the world is the same way. The world will spit you out. They'll chew you up and spit you out. You think someone's coming up, a child of the devil, they're just trying to be nice? Oh no, they got a motive behind it. Unfortunately, some people in the body of Christ are the same way. Because they're walking in the flesh. Are you hearing me? If it doesn't benefit me somehow, the flesh doesn't want any part of it. You must be born again to walk in this agape love. Okay? Agape love, again, is selfless. And to be selfless, you must be walking in the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Verse 8 says this, love never fails. In other words, love then, if it never fails, it always prospers. The God kind of love. Now listen to this. This is good. True agape love toward others will soften their hearts and will represent the kingdom of God effectively. That's why love never fails. Agape love never fails to get positive results. Do you want to know why it will always get positive results, agape love? Because we were created, listen to me, we were created to walk in agape love. That was God's original intent from the beginning, and it's still His intent Now, for born-again Christians. Are you following me? It is God's divine order. That's why, oh my, the greatest of these is love. Oh, we're going to go deeper here. Here's what it is. This is all a part of the kingdom culture mindset that I've been talking about. By the way, the Holy Ghost said this. Are you ready for this? When I was writing this, he said, heaven is filled with the agape kind of love. So when you walk in the agape kind of love on earth, you're pulling heaven down to earth. That's something that the Holy Ghost wants to get involved with. That's something that the angels of God want to get involved with. Are you following me? So a kingdom culture mindset of selflessness, of self-sacrifice for the greater good of the kingdom of God, that's what agape is. We are ambassadors for Christ. We represent Him on this earth. Here's what you need to do. The Holy Ghost said this. You need to get your, your feelings out of the equation. Get your feelings out of the equation. If I go out and I hire a lawyer, that lawyer better have my best interest in store, and he better get his own personal feelings about me out of the picture. Come on, you didn't hear that. Christ made you an ambassador for him. You represent him. Get your stinking flesh out of it. And you better walk in agape love because we're representing him. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about him. Amen? Amen. Think about that. That's powerful. Jesus is the head and we are the members of his body. All right? So what does that mean? It means that Jesus Christ is the command center for you and I. His Holy Word and the Holy Spirit are the command centers. He's the one that we are to follow. He gives the command. He's given us His Word. Come on, somebody. We take our directions and instructions and orders from Him. We throw every other desire that doesn't fit in that kingdom culture mindset, we throw it on the altar. And we burn that stinking thing. Come on. Agape love is total sacrifice to self. 
to represent the Lord Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God on this earth. Now, again, even to the point of loving your enemy, someone who has treated you bad, someone that has just totally, absolutely wrecked your life, God says, love them anyway. Why? Because there's so many aspects of this. There's a personal aspect, and there's the aspect of of representing Him. But God also seen, if you walk out of love and you have the wrong attitude, it's going to affect your physical body. It's going to affect your emotions. It's going to affect the quality even of your life. Are you following me? So if you really love yourself, if you really care about yourself, you're going to walk in love toward others. Oh, you didn't hear that. Okay, great. Let's move on. Now, Let's move on to another powerful verse. Galatians 5, 6. Go with me to Galatians 5, 6. Hallelujah. Say agape love. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yes, I like how it's drawn out. Yes, following instructions well. I like it. Now, Galatians 5, 6. This is kind of a, a, a popular passage here that we hear a lot. Ready? And it says these words: For in Christ Jesus neither, uh, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith. Underline it. Working through love. Now I I don't know. I, I I'm a King James version. I like the King James. All right. It says faith which worketh by love. All right. Faith which worketh by love. I kind of like that one. But the Greek word used in that verse for love, what do you think it is? Agape. Faith works by agape love. Okay? Our faith works by a selfless kind of love. This reveals a powerful key to why our faith doesn't work many times. Ready for this? We have too much of self and the wrong motives in what we're asking for. And what? Here's what he said as well. What we're unwilling to do. Now, the Holy Spirit brought up James 4.3 to me, to my remembrance when I was writing this part. And it says, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. You miss the mark. Why? That you may spend it, here it is, on your own pleasures. How many times we do not receive answers to our prayer because our attitude and motives are totally off. We want to spend it on our own pleasures, our own flesh, right? That verse is saying that you have too much of the flesh in what you're asking for. Pleasures in that verse is referring to fleshly desires or pleasures. So at that point, At that point, when you got too much of self, you're looking out for yourself and not for the kingdom of God or the benefit of others. Right? Think about it. You don't think God doesn't know our motives? You know, I mean, we can can wrap a nice prayer up so nice. Oh, so eloquent, so beautiful. And God's just like, oh, whatever. Yeah, I, I see the words coming out, but your heart is ugly. Your heart is ugly. I know what you're going to do with it. If I bless you with that thing, I know what you're going to do with it. You're going to go live in sin. Come on, somebody. You're going to use it for your own self on your own pleasure, your own lust. Come on. That's why we got to deal with our heart constantly. We got to constantly check our heart. Now, so here's the deal. Jesus said this, whatever you ask in his name, he would do it. The key is this, in his name, asking and ministering when you have a spiritual and kingdom of God mindset. That's when you're going to receive. That's when you're going to walk in the power of God. Now, here's what's interesting about what Jesus said there. In John 14, 13, it goes on to say this, he will do it. He will answer the prayers in his name. He'll do it. Why? So the Father may be glorified in the Son. And that takes a spiritual mindset. Notice it doesn't have anything with glorifying me or you. It's glorifying our Heavenly Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Lucifer. Anybody know who Lucifer is? He was kicked out of heaven for pride. 
Lucifer failed to walk in agape in heaven. And God says, you're gone. And all of you that are following him, you're out of here too. It's rebellion against the will of God. It's all about self. What did Satan say? I will rise above. I will be like the most high God. I, I, I. It's all about I. You want to know the, key, the, the secret to breakthrough? Humility. Keeping your focus on him. Getting your eyes off yourself. Come on. You really want to? But, but we're so conditioned on self. This world, everything has taught us growing up. It taught us everything about self when it's absolutely backwards. If you really want the blessing of God on your life, get rid of self. Think about that. So a spiritual mindset is a selfless mindset. It's a mindset that doesn't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Again, it's talking about our motive and the why. So here's what it says, that that verse in Galatians. It says, faith works by agape love. Faith works by a selfless kind of love. Faith works when your motives are pure and your attitude is right. Now, 1 Corinthians 14.1, powerful. It tells us this, to pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Now, the Greek word that's translated to pursue love in 1 Corinthians 14, connected with spiritual gifts, what Greek word do you think it is? Agape. It means pursue being selfless and desire spiritual gifts. The more selfless you are, the more effective the gifts of the Spirit are going to flow through you and be beneficial for the kingdom of God. Maintain the right attitude and motive for wanting to flow in the gifts of the Spirit and to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. And people, not yourself, the biggest hindrance to answered prayer and to miracle signs and wonders manifesting the kingdom of, uh, of God is self. There's too much self in the way. We're not given place to the Holy Ghost. The, in fact, the more self you have, the Holy Ghost says, I'm backing off. Are you following me? The more self you have, the less power of the Holy Ghost you're going to walk through. Now, so faith works by love. Listen to this. When we get past being embarrassed to pray for people. When we, uh, faith works by love, by agape, when we get over the embarrassment of witnessing to people in public. And just start being obedient to the Word of God. Being obedient to the Holy Ghost. Faith works by agape, selfless love because it allows, like I said, the Holy Spirit to flow freely through you in a powerful way. The Holy Ghost said this. Are you ready? He said this to me. He said, salvations, miracles, healings, deliverances, divine appointments are all passed up every day because people are too filled with self and unwilling to step out of their comfort zone. We're not waiting on God. He's waiting on us. Your faith will work or be a blessing to the kingdom of God when you get self out of the way. Walking in love has different aspects to it. It Again, the personal aspect, the corporate aspect. But go with me. Let's look at another one. Uh, 1 Corinthians 16. Go there. 1 Corinthians 16. Faith works by love because you're willing to step out in faith. Come on. Because you're, you're not being motivated by self. You're being motivated, I want to be a blessing to the kingdom and those people that are around me. Amen? 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. It says, watch, stand fast in the faith. Be brave, be strong. Let all that you do. Some... Oh, let all that you do be done with love. What word do you think is used there? Agape. That's right, agape. The, the selfless kind of love. It says, let all things you do on this earth, everything you do, it better be from an agape love standpoint. Let everything be done with agape, that selfless love. In other words, are you ready for this? Here it is. This is, you, this is a revelation today that you've got to take home with you. You don't have to feel a desire to do the right thing. 
You do it regardless of what you feel toward that person. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's the word agape. Agapeo, I believe in that. God so loved the world. He loved us. It says that while we were yet sinners, he sent Jesus. It says while we were still cursing him, he sent Jesus. So obviously God didn't have some fuzzy feeling for us. But he said, this is what you need. Because I desire a family. I desire to redeem mankind and get back to my original intent. Think about that. So here's what you got to do. We need to allow ourselves to be inconvenienced by others. Oh, come on. We must allow ourselves to be inconvenienced by others for the benefit of them and for the kingdom of God. Think of others before yourself. Jesus allowed himself to be inconvenienced by those who needed healing and deliverance. Jesus is walking along and all of a sudden someone's tugging on, Lord, my daughter's dead. Can you raise her up? Yes, I'm going to yes, I'm going to come with you. Where is she? Jesus, my servant is sick. He's at the point of death. Can you come? Yes, I will come. Where is he? Jesus. Mm. Jesus understood the power of agape love. Jesus was agape love in action. And he allowed himself to be inconvenienced. Say inconvenienced. Mm. Jesus allowed self to get out of the way so the Holy Spirit could minister through him. Look at 1 John 4, 8. 1 John 4, 8. You want to... Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. You want to know why Jesus seen so many miracles too? Because he allowed himself to be inconvenienced. He was looking for opportunities to bless the people. He was looking for opportunities to bless his heavenly Father. Come on. Hallelujah. 1 John 4, 8. Look at this. Oh, here's one right here. Here's a verse that's twisted by the world and backslidden Christians. Ready for this? He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Man, that's twisted. That, the, the people twist this so much. It is used to, to make God look like he approves sin and abominations. Now, here's what the Holy Ghost told me. Are you ready for this? Agape love is toward people, not sin. The target of, of love, of agape love, is people, not their sin. That's how you can love the people, but hate the sin. Are you following me? So the Greek word here that God is love. I don't know about you, but when it says God is love, I want to know what Greek word is used there. Agape. The selfless kind of love. The Greek word agape is used there. See, God doesn't love actions. He loves people. God doesn't love actions. He loves people. So this verse reveals that God is absolutely the most sacrificial being in the entire universe. He is always thinking about our well-being. Do you understand that? He is pure agape love. That's who he is. His motives, God's motives are always pure toward mankind and desires to see everyone saved, pulled out of the pit, of spiritual death through His Son, Jesus Christ. Are you following me? So, uh, some people use this verse and they just kind of get spooky. Oh, God is love. God is love. Now, and that's where the New Agers took it and think, oh, He's just some mystical love. Right? The universe is love. No. It's saying the characteristics of God include agape love. It's no different than saying, James is kind. God is love. Are you following me? It's a description of his character. Are you following me here? So people try to twist it and make it all kind of spooky and weird. But that's what it's saying. Everything agape love is, God possesses those traits. That's what that verse is saying, that God is love. So, now, that's where a whole bunch of these seeker-sensitive and backsliding Christians, they get all confused. So agape love is the God kind of love that is totally separate and independent of the flesh. 
independent from the kingdom of darkness. It literally, he is holy. In fact, here's the deal. The Holy Ghost said this, when you're walking in agape love, you're being holy. Because the world doesn't want to do it. The flesh doesn't want to do it. Are you following me? If the world labels, or I'm sorry, if the word of God labels something a, as a sin or an abomination, it does not fit within the boundary of agape love. God, listen to me. God is always in the agape love mode. Are you following me? God is agape love. That's a part of who he is. He can't be any different. So when you read 1 Corinthians 13, the description of agape love, that's who our Heavenly Father is all the time. In fact, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they come as a package deal, if you didn't know that or not. There's no disagreement with, any, with them three. Are you following me? They don't, they don't have a meeting and one disagrees. And I, I, You're getting this, right? They're all in agreement. All right? So God is agape love. Agape love cares that human life is getting destroyed by sin. Agape love makes an effort to reach out to them, to be born again, delivered, and set free. Uh, everything, again, everything agape love is, God is. It's in his character. That is why we can love people with agape love, but hate sin that's destroying them and pulling them down to hell. Are you following me? Uh, someone wrote online, said, there's no... Uh, there's no hate like Christian love or something like that. Just you know, And all that is, is, is someone who has absolutely no understanding of what love truly is. And that's a worldly kind of love. That's a love that says, oh, I'm going to, yeah, I, I'm fine with whatever you're doing. I'm fine with you having, having uh, you know, pornography uh, in the children and teens section. Are you following me? Oh, you just got to accept it. You got to walk in love, right? It's twisted, it's perverted. That's not true love. Amen? So agape love preaches and teaches the message of repentance for the benefit of a lost and dying world. Right? Turn or burn. Turn or burn. The, rep- the message of repentance. Turn or burn. Repent means turn around. Have a mind shift. Go the other way. Amen? Look at First John 4. First John 4, 17 through 19. Agape love is, I'm not going to give you what you want. I'm going to give you what you need. That's what it boils down to. Come on. All right. 1 John 4, 17 through 19. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he, Jesus is, so are we in this world. Man, if we would just take hold of that revelation. As he is, so are we in this world. Come on. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect or mature in love. We love him because he first loved us. There is no fear in love. Perfect or mature love casts out fear. The Greek word in this passage using love. You ready? Agape. The selfless kind of love. In other words, there is no fear in agape in a selfless kind of love. Mm. God possesses agape in its purest form. In Christ, there is no fear. Come on, somebody. So we need to get our focus back on Christ. Listen, this verse is contrasting boldness with tormenting fear. Boldness with tormenting fear. And having boldness is trusting God. Listen, having boldness is trusting God's agape love toward you. All right? It's getting a revelation of his agape love toward you and I. Because his agape love is in his purest form, and he has nothing but good for blessings for us. You understand that? Now, we can see how we can have a little shakiness with another human being, even our own parents, right? We have that, you know, you you can be like, oh, do I really trust what they're saying? But we can't do that with our Heavenly Father. Come on, think about this. We can trust him with our entire life. And because of that trust toward him, 
It eliminates the fear, that torment, that tormenting fear and doubt, and it will generate a boldness that overcomes or overrides that fear. Amen? Now, it's interesting. It says that perfect or mature love casts out fear. That's our part. Does anybody here seriously think that's talking about God? Oh, God's got to grow in love. He's got to be made per. No, no. That's talking about you and I. So, obviously, this means that there's different levels of love that we can walk in. Are you following me? Agape love toward God means we believe His Word even when we don't feel like it. Why? Because agape love is what? Getting self out. Do you make that connection? It's getting self out and simply trusting Him. That's why it delivers us from this tormenting fear. And it gives us boldness in what he said. Amen? So, um, first of all, when we begin to grow and mature in agape love, it means there's a less self, a less focusing on our inadequacy as humans. And back on him. And more focus on him and his word. If we get back to that place of all things are possible. Amen? Stick with me. I'm almost done. So because of those two things, fear leaves and replaced with a boldness. Trust always produces boldness. Trust always produces boldness, right? I'm saying all boldness, right? That's why someone in government who's absolutely and totally corrupt and they're filled and surrounded by corrupt people that can get them off can be so bold with evil. Are you following me? Why? Because they trust that daddy's going to pardon him. This is the news without the news. Are you following me? This is how someone can be so corrupt with something. By making mandates. By making mandates. Come on, somebody. He knows that he knows that he's surrounded by leaders in the government that's going to allow him to go live on some island free, even though people were dropping like flies. Come on, somebody. Are you following me? <clears throat> so, there is no pride in agape love. Let's get back on track here, all right? There is power in agape love. Amen? It allows the Holy Spirit to increase His anointing through you because you and your flesh are decreasing. Let's talk about Jesus and a couple other things that I finish this off. So Jesus lived a sinless life on this earth. Do you, you all agree with that, right? That there was not one sin that Jesus committed. He was totally sinless on this earth, right? By the way, if you're a Christian, you better believe that because that's how we believe we get our righteousness from him. If you don't believe that, you're in trouble. Come on, somebody. But it's true. He lived a sinless life. Jesus was the expressed image of his heavenly father in his earthly ministry. He walked in perfect agape love toward people. He is our example. You you following me? Now, here's what blows the mind of many seeker-sensitive in the world. They try to twist the Word of God to fit their evil, woke agenda, their watered-down agenda. God is love. You agree with that, right? Okay, good. But He is also just, and He will never tolerate or bless sin. Listen to this. The same God that is agape love destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Was God any less agape when He did that? No, because it says He changes not. The same God that is agape love is the same God that struck down Ananias and Sapphira in the New Testament for lying to the Holy Ghost. Is he any less agape love? Come on, somebody. Jesus went into the temple and he flipped the tables of the money changers. Jesus called the arrogant religious people a brood of vipers. Many today would say that Jesus was not walking in love. You understand that? Jesus, if he walked this earth, he probably wouldn't give any speaking engagements in churches. He would here at Living Waters Chapel, right? He can live here, you betcha. Jesus, set up a tent for you and for your... 
right? We got eight acres. Make your home here. Yeah, right? Listen, so many people would say that Jesus wasn't walking in love, but he was. He was agape, love in action. Go into a library, rebuking the leaders for allowing pornography in the children and teen section. You want to you know how much flack I got from Christians? Who do you think you are? That woman won the, the, citizen, uh, the citizen of the year for Tuscola County. What a hoax. If that citizen of the year, my goodness. What a bunch of baloney. You can take that certificate and whatever, you know. Burn it. Burn it. A citizen of the year for someone who's not willing to protect children. Come on. That's just wrong, people. But you know how much flack I got from some people? Who do you think you are talking to them like that, going in and saying that? I know exactly who I am, and I know exactly what I'm doing. And you know what? I'm being, I'm being easy on you because Jesus probably would have went in and flipped the tables they were sitting at. Come on. So obviously, walking in love does not mean not to expose evil and rebuke evil because he did it all, Right? So all this seeker-sensitive junk, oh, you can't go in and do that. You can't. Well, yeah, you can. In fact, we're called to as Christians to expose evil. Amen? I'm not trying to make friends there. I'm trying to get pornography out of there. Are you, you're following me, right? That's the mission. Let the Holy Ghost deal with the other part. Hallelujah. But you can see how the devil has twisted and used this word game of love to try to silence Christians from taking a stand against evil. The Word of God says to be angry and sin not. So we know then it's possible to have the angry emotion and not sin. Right? In fact, it's possible. Listen, oh, this can blow some minds. It's possible. To be angry and still walk in agape love. (laughs) Righteous anger. Amen. Hallelujah. Our Heavenly Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they get angry at times. You know that, right? I I think that we get this mindset that, that, you you know, God's just always joyful, always joyful. That's not right. He's a, he's a, he's... He's a person. He has mind, will, and emotions. And they can all shift just like ours can shift. You understand that? We can be pleasing to him. We can be displeasing. In fact, the Bible says that he chastens the one who, love, who we love. Now, you know, if your kid is getting ready to go, it, it, it runs out in the street, runs out in the, in the road, right? And you go and grab them. Okay, there's probably going to be a little discipline there, right? That's still agape love. Why? Because your motive is, yeah, you're angry. (laughs) You're angry. But you're trying to train them. Don't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. Uh, And it even says in the word that chastening, it's not fun. But it works righteousness on the inside of us. Think about that. So, so... You know, you can still have these emotions like this as long as you're not sinning. If you're not walking in sin, then you can be within the boundaries of agape. The moment you step into sin, it's impossible to be in agape. You can be angry about something and still walk in love because agape love is not a feeling, it's not an emotion. It's about a pure motive. You following me? And being selfless, doing the right thing without you feeling it. So if you're kingdom-minded and there is something evil that's trying to overtake your family, trying to overtake your community, I would expect you to be angry about that. Are you following me? I would expect you to be angry about it. 
I'd expect you to do something about it because your motive, motive is to advance the kingdom of God and to see people set free from anything that the enemy is trying to pollute you, your family, or this community with, or this country, this world. Amen? The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. Listen to this, and I'm on my last page. As long as you are not crossing the boundary of sin, it is possible for you to live, walk, and minister in the agape kind of love, even with the emotion of anger against evil and evil people. Don't ever forget that. We are, again, we're commanded to love our enemy. And by the way, that is the agape word, uh, the word agape, selfless. Okay, so real quick, one last passage and I'm done. I just want to tie it off with this Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. We're going to put a nice ribbon on this. And then you're released for the Labor Day weekend, okay? All right. It's a beautiful day out there, isn't it? Hallelujah. Say the God kind of love. No, I took you a little bit over, but yeah, it's good to stretch you sometimes, right? Here we go. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love. What word do you think is there? Agape. As Christ also has loved us and given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. So church... We need to to do everything we can. We must walk in the agape kind of love, the God kind of love, because that's where the power of the Holy Ghost is going to be manifest. That's when people's lives will be changed. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Don't ever forget that we are representing the Lord Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God on this earth. And when we walk in the agape love, listen to me, here's what's happening. When you walk in agape, even when you don't feel like it, people will say, I see Jesus on the inside of that person. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. That's what it's all about. It's about people seeing Jesus on the inside of us. Unfortunately, sometimes that means flipping a few tables. Amen? (laughs) Now listen, prayer team, come on forward. Hallelujah. Now maybe there's someone in here, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Today is the day of salvation. Don't leave this place. Listen to me. If you leave this place without making Jesus Lord of your life, I guarantee you, and you take your last breath and you die in your sin, I guarantee on judgment day, the Lord's going to say, Pastor James gave you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life, and you refused it. Think about that. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come forward this morning and just, come on, make him Lord of your life. Your life will be changed for eternity. The best decision you'll ever make. Amen? Maybe you're in this place, you're a backslidden Christian. Maybe you didn't understand love and you accepted things that you shouldn't have accepted. But today you've got a fresh revelation of really what true love is, the God kind of love. And you want to come back to him. I want you to come forward with the prayer team and let's just rededicate your life to the Lord today. Amen. Now, maybe you need uh, the Holy Spirit baptism. You've never received the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. If you want to receive and pray for that, I want you to come forward. We will pray over you. And I'm telling you, it's the most powerful thing you can do besides getting born again. Amen. Maybe you need prayer for healing or anything else. Come forward. We'll be here as long as possible. But Uh, Visitors, thanks so much for coming today. We hope you enjoyed it and had an encounter and experience in the presence of God. I love you all. Have a great rest of your holiday weekend. Have a great time. Amen? Amen? We'll see you later. God bless you all.